deep, selling them cheap. It tastes like gasoline, rubber, and victory. We're out here stacking bags. All right, guys, we're back. Stacking pennies. A lot of pennies stacked. By the five team this past weekend, how many pennies, Chuck, are in a million dollars? Baker's dozen, Bob. Yeah, give I, or I, take a couple. I can't count that high. Me it's neither. literally 100 million. Gosh, that's why we have you around. <laughs> For your ice cold takes and quick math, we are with my friend Jonathan Merriman, Chuck Bush, and in studio again, Pit Road Boats and Wheels analyst, Mr. Ryan Flores. Heartbroken. Uh, Why? It's the two. Finished second in everything this weekend. Well, you know, second's the first loser. I was in the lounge cheering for you, like a race fan, in the first. During the open, I'm like, go, go. I was trying to wreck each other, and then they're all like, like like Bolins is looking at crew chiefs, like looking at me. (laughs) Hey man, shut up! I'm like, I'm cheering for my friend. (laughs) Yeah, almost made that thing, but uh, not close enough. Rosswick, I pushed him around the eight. Um, them things were turds, man. I'll tell you what, I noticed early you in the 43. Stuck it in there. Gosh, that guy. He was I'm not like, trying to pull. I'm not trying to start anything. No, no, just go ahead and rip, rip the, the scab off. Um, that was starting, the, the wound was starting to heal where we're Dover, the first run in. And then they dropped the rag, and it was like he was on a mission to just find the fence or the first car to collect in a wreck. Uh, he stuck us three wide middle, the first lap of the race. The most important, and you wouldn't think, the most important tool that I have as a driver is my left side mirror. Uh, because when you have it, you can kind of gauge how tight you are to somebody, whether you put it on their door, you leave them with a space, or even when they kind of get away if they get out of shape. The first lap of the race into one, the left side mirror falls into my lap. Oh, boy. I literally hold it. And I try to, like, put it back up there. It's broken. Um, so now I'm relying completely on my spotter. And it was, like, the second or third lap, and the 43 was squared up with me down the short shoot and made like a last minute thing. Spotter called it and was like, oh, 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 oh. And then I was tight. Somebody was tight to my door. 47. The 47. I thought we were both wrecking early. We recovered from that. Got a couple of decent restarts and finished third. But we pitted. It was my call to pit. That was a pit road woe, uh, Chuck, because I thought we needed tires, but we did not need tires. We needed track position because the second stage, Tyler Reddick won. And third stage, the 10 car, who we were in front of all day long, won the All-Star Open the last segment, and we were modern back in traffic. So that was unfortunate. Which does that show a little bit of, uh, I mean, I know it's the All-Star Open, but is that a a little bit of hope for the 10 car? I know they've had a tough start to the season. So, well, he was the best running Stuart Haas car in the all-star race, uh, finishing the top 10. We actually, I talked to him on Sirius radio early this morning. He still seemed fairly down with the speed in their Stewart house cars. Um, and also from what I understand via Twitter, cause that's the same way I get any of my information. That was a brand new Rodney Childers built car. The four had, and Kevin Harvick was not happy about it. So, um, does not look good in the Stewart house camp. It does look good. Hell, it looks even pretty good in the Team Penske camp. Three cars in the top five. Yeah. yeah even good. though the five car is pretty strong. Uh, I, I think I got on Coleman a little hard about clearing Brad, but he, he you know. He, Coleman is Brad's Coleman spotter. is a good friend of ours. Yeah. He is maybe the best spotter in the sport. He's very, very good. He's been a good racer forever. He, if I he don't. He did clear him at one point, but it was really tight. Uh, so he was dude, he was frustrated about it, but it's a dude. That's a tough call there. You had to call it tight all day. Every spot, every run was so crucial to utilize. H- hang on, Merriman. If I don't call on Merriman to to tell me why his gears are grinded, he's probably going to explode. I've seen yeah. him with their pen up. What do you got? <laughs> so my whole thing goes back to you know they talk about car control, car control, car control, and and it started for me uh, when Kurt Busch slid threaded the needle and slid in between uh two cars at at coda like to me Mm. if you have car control you don't slide off the racetrack you figure out how to make the corner hang on hang on before you go any further let me address that and then you can continue in the rain if you went to your maximum breaking point and you all it took was 20 pounds extra brake pressure to lock a left front tire up. And once you lock a tire and or rears, 
both were equally equally as easy to to do so. They didn't recover like they do in the dry because you don't have any friction between the tire and the asphalt to get the tire back rolling. So in the rain, that's why we saw so many guys lock up. I did the same thing. As soon as you lock a tire or rears up, you literally pick up speed inside off the racetrack. So continue with your but ice cold car control. You're tape. not you're not in control of the car. So Fair. that's my irritation there. So then we see Christopher Bell, you know, just lose it all by himself, right? And slide and great save. But on the broadcast, they're like, oh man, his car control is incredible. And I'm sitting there yelling at the TV that if his car control was incredible, he wouldn't have spun the damn car. I agree with that. All, all the positions on the racetrack. Yeah, I agree with that. Granted, Blaney's save when Chastain was checking his rear end for whatever you need to check your rear end for, pushing him down the straightaway sideways, that was great car control. Fantastic save. He was checking it, just, it for Andretti is what yeah, he was checking it for. He he was he was in there uh, deep, and Blaney, I don't know how he saved it. Uh, our, our camera guy at the track, CJ Letirzo, sent me a video off his phone of, of the shot he got, but you could see Blaney's hands swatting flies in there and still kept leading the race. So I don't know. That's just me nitpicking. Well, we're a couple of days out from it, and speaking of nitpicking, you saw a lot of it on Twitter and social media. What was y'all's sort of takeaway from the event in Texas, the All-Star Race in Texas? Um, somebody go for it first, and then I'll wrap it up. I like it. Loved right. it. Uh, so Loved it. I'll come back to uh, – yeah, I liked it a lot too. I'll come back to what you said. Being there, it was hotter than Hades, so I Bro, don't know. That's I a, can't begin to t- – that, that was the hottest I've ever been in a race car. Bar none. Well, and you were talking about pitting. You know, I thought the right move would have been the pit too to get some cooler tires on it because when you get that hot, you start blistering. Like mm-hmm. the and especially when you're racing, the track was, temp was over 150. Degrees. It got hotter from lunch to like it was hotter up until the sun went down. It just yeah, kept dude. getting hotter. Yeah, dude. Um, so like you said, I thought that you guys would have made the right call pitting there and putting some cooler tires on it, but obviously it wasn't the case. Um, but yeah, it was super hot, but. Man, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed being a part of it, competing. I didn't really get to see it on TV. I don't know what the broadcast was like, but I, I had fun. I'll say that from gen- nine times out of ten, if you're at the track, it's going to be a better product, bar none, just because that's the nature of really any sport. When yes. you're there in person seeing it, it's 20 times better. Let me let me add let me add one little thing. I tell this to people all the time. There are two sports, in my opinion, <clears throat> that the live product is drastically different uh, in person than via TV, uh, and that is hockey and racing. And the other, that is like it's 50, per, 50 times better in person being a, a NASCAR race and a hockey game. Continue, Chuck. What I'll say is that watching it on TV, if this was a normal Texas race, if this was a 400-mile Texas race, I'm, it, it's awesome. It's amazing. For an all-star race, I was entertained and it kept my attention, but it wasn't great and I don't think that was the on track action I think that had to do a little bit with the format and the staging it's like we try to manufacture fun sometimes and you know if a caution comes out with 10 to go unexpectedly that's awesome when we know that there's a caution coming do you tend to race towards that do you tend to race towards that moment of I know this is coming so I'm going to plan for it well I think the way that they had the format structure, you couldn't afford to not be aggressive and get your spots because your starting position for that last 10 lap sprint was, was crucial. So, you know, you saw guys be really aggressive, try to get some spots on some restarts. Um, the, the problem in a lot of areas was the one thing that NASCAR or anybody can't control is the weather because when NASCAR went from the five, 50 horsepower tapered spacer to the full whatever 510 or whatever it was uh they wanted to try to keep the cars closer together they know the track isn't indicative of close racing because they messed up texas freeways of sunday in my opinion but the difference in horsepower of what it was going to tighten the competition up was lost with how hot the track temperature was so if it went, if we had the normal 550 tapered spacer, the race cars would have be, been even more spread out because you'd have to slow down even more in the corners because you'd be going on faster on the straightaways. Um, and that's not like opinionated. That's exactly how it was going to be. Yeah. So if the track temp or the ambient temperature could have been 80 
and the track temp would have been somewhere around 100, I think that it would have been a hell of a race because you'd have had eight guys on top of each other pushing each other three wide. Yeah. Well, you uh, saw that too at the end of the race. It once you know, the track that, cooled down a little bit, yeah, you had a little bit of racing. Restart that final restart. I mean, the Hendrick guys were racing the hell out of each other. I thought, you know, I thought if Brad could have got to Kyle, he would have nudged him a little bit there. But the only thing I would have liked to see different is I would have liked to to see that track right now with no with no PJ one on that top lane. Granted, it gave us what everybody misses at a track like Bristol is single lane racing there for a lot of it. And you make, you slip up a little bit and you're, you know, you're into the wall or you're spinning out. But uh, I thought the product was good. Uh, that track is, that sun is baking that racetrack. That racetrack is white. So I'd, I, that's the only thing I would have liked to see, but I mean, I'm fine with what I got out of it. Well, NASCAR does mute, like mu testing, like uh, traction testing, kind of like, drag strips do for their, their traction compounds. You could actually have this machine that tells you uh, baseline grip and treated PJ one grip, untreated PJ one grip after the tire dragon. So they, it's not like they just take this like weed killer and just spray this PJ one on the racetrack. It's actually a fairly educated process on how they lay it, spray it, dilute the stuff with the, with the methanol uh, to, to make sure that it's not too heavy, too, uh, too diluted, but Sunday morning when they sent the report out for what the grip uh, comparison between the PJ1 lane and the regular lane was, it was equal. Uh, so that's why, you saw, that's why you saw the lanes being more dominant on the bottom. Uh, and then once that track temperature cooled down, the PJ1 uh, was a little bit more favorable towards the end of the race. So, um, you know, I, I agree. I, I think that we might not necessarily need um, – might not necessarily need the PJ one on the racetrack anymore, but it's on there now. It's not like you can take a scraper and just scrape it off. Yeah. So I'm interested to see how that how that progresses or how they even uh, try to take it up or or I don't I don't know what they're gonna do, but I'm sure they have some sort of way to. I'm sure it comes off over time with weather. Yeah. I know, like when we race indoor cars, it's just they just hot water takes it off. So I don't know what that looks like. Yeah, I'm sure it comes off when it rains and stuff like that. I mean, when we go back to Texas in the last round of the playoffs, second to last round of the playoffs. Yeah. There's some tracks we go to. You ever been to like Michigan when they start putting detergent on it as you're leaving? And like they'll do it at Michigan and Pocono. They start spraying like cleaner on the track. Why do they do that? I don't know. Man, you're the one talking about grip statistics here. <laughs> I don't know. I've seen it before. I think they just do it to maybe uh, maybe make, to get make it the, clean. I'm sure that there's a lot of oil, what do you think oil from use? the rubber. Tide? I know they use they, Tide because I've seen tide. it. Dang, I know they use Tide. My favorite Tide commercial ever was the one from uh, when Juan Pablo Montoya hit the jet dryer. And uh, they they used just a shot of that and then the cleaning crew dumping the Tide on the track said, you keep coming up with ways to make messes, we'll keep coming up with ways to clean it up. It was like, oh, perfect. Man, I wonder what the licensing rights to that cost. Oh, they're, I mean, they're, they're in, they're in the family, they're in the sport, right? So uh, included. Yeah. You get a little, it's a little make good on, on something there probably. I don't know. So I didn't actually get to see any of the all-star race. I was in the air the whole time. I saw the highlights of it. Um, Too cheap to pay for Wi-Fi. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> take, take that up with Dale Earnhardt. <laughs> Cause that's who's playing a fly on with uh, the, the 62 other guys that are on my flight. Um, but the same guy. The same cast of yeah. characters. We're going to talk to one of the guys, uh, Mr. Rudy Fugel is going to join us. Uh, interested to hear his did you, did uh, you inaugural see how season he as crew chief. Got the lead. Yeah, I don't know that it was talked about enough how he put it top on three the, in the top in the top way. there and just got to his quarter panel and drug him back. I well, mean, he even was, said he was like all, all the way on the back stretch. He said, "There's got to be grip up there for one for one corner. All you got to do is clamp the quarter panel and pull the air off him. That's it. That's it." And he got there, and he uh, he sunned him. He sunned yeah. him again. Yeah. He called him uncle. See, everybody talking about this and the camp pass, blah, 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 and he made it happen, so I don't want to. Don't want to hear it. Don't want to hear it. Don't want to hear how Larson can do it. Don't want to hear how the drivers are out of the factor, but that guy made it happen as a driver. His car was good. His wanna... car is good. They've hit on something, but, man, he is, uh, he is a racing machine at the moment. Chuck, what you got? I was going to ask this question because you guys are kind of hinting at it there and you saw it on social media. Is there anything that they could do or are you guys like to, to make, cause let me find my words real quick. Is there anything that they could do to motivate drivers anymore? Or are you guys already maxed out 
on your motivation to like people like oh they just need to get up there and uh, want it more and get up there and try it or are you guys <laughs> uh, maxed out on that already? I think I know the answer, but I'm asking for the Twitter you could people's. be racing for ten grand or ten million. You is a is a race car driver want to pass the guy in front of you for free, just a pro- ego thing. So you know the money is is great and. You know, probably situationally, on a last restart, you might make a particular hole that might not be there because you are racing for a million dollars versus ten grand. Uh, but you can't make a, a slow race car go any faster than it's capable of going, right? And what we're seeing right now with the dominance of Hendrick Motorsports, Kyle Larson in particular, is the guy who is behind the wheel of a race car more than anybody is in the country at the moment. He is the most talented guy we've seen probably in a couple decades. He's now with probably the most motivated crew chief in Cliff Daniels to kind of try to prove himself at the best race team, putting the best race cars on the racetrack with the best engines. So it's inevitable. You put the best guy in the best cars and go in races. So what you're telling me is it doesn't matter what the packages that they have on the race car, the format of the race, any of that stuff. If a guy's on a hot streak, a guy's on a hot streak, he's going to win regardless. You drive your car to the maximum level of grip at all times, right? And and I don't think it, that's situational. I think that that's just trying to drive a some, – some guys' race cars can go 25th. Some guys' race cars are capable of running 5th. You know, I don't know. Like, I don't think your effort level in the race on a last restart is different than what your effort level is on a on a flying lap in practice trying to get the balance right on your car. I mean, within 5%. One thing Brad does, I think, that I've seen, right, and it's a, it's a lot of – it's a lot like what Matt Kenseth did, right, where you won't see – hell, we might not score any stage points at all. Uh, but we're in the top 10 hunting for the win at the end of the race. So I feel like the guys whose cars maybe are 25th place cars that can make them into top 10 cars – top 15 cars those are the guys that that are they're making the money right um and well, that's when brad what, is running 25th he's because he's in a 10th place car if he ends up 10th it's not because he had 25th no place but car. i mean we've worked on it a lot here these last couple of weeks to get you know we're, we're all trying stuff now you and i say this all the time high high tide raises all ships right mm-hmm. all the hendrick guys are running good because one of them found something and they're all running better well now everybody's gonna have to start raising their game mm-hmm. well you know we can ask one of those Hendrick guys here in a second. You think he's going to give us some? Uh, you think he's going to give us some of his tips? I don't know, but Rudy Fugel is waiting in the wings to come on and talk to us here on Stacking Pennies. Let's not make him wait any longer. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Big guest this week, guys. Been excited to talk to Rudy. He's been a friend of mine for years, popping in and out of the garage. Uber successful over at Kyle Busch Motorsports on the truck side, but making his rookie season on the box for William Byron. It didn't take him long to find victory lane. Thanks for joining Stacking Pennies, Rudy. Hey, I'm glad I'm finally on here. This is a pretty cool, pretty cool day, and uh, thanks for inviting me. I hope your uh, expectations weren't too high because this is about as good as it gets. 
Oh, come on now. Was, uh, I got, I got big expectations for you as long as I've known you and, and, uh, all the tricks you got up your sleeves. He's, uh, it's gonna make me famous. Well, speaking of tricks, that's why I got you on here because <laughs> you don't come on stacking pennies and not give up a couple of those tricks because those hot, those Hendrick motorsports hot rods are running pretty good. What is it that, uh, that you guys are hitting on right now to be that this fast? Yeah, just uh, everybody's doing a really good job, you know, uh, the Chevrolet to uh, everybody at HMS and, and finally put all the pieces together the, the right way. And, and if uh, you can you can take the same puzzle pieces and you put them together finally um, the right way, you get, get a really good piece. So um, tons and tons of people that have been working hard uh, over the years, way before I got here to, to, uh, to help make it successful. And, and yeah, if you've got a, the biggest secret is if you've got a, a Hendrick hot rod uh, with Hendrick power plant and you roll out of this building, you're, uh, you're going to have a good shot. Seems as such. I mean, man, they can't, they can't even mess up around the top five at the moment, but uh, I want to pick your brain a little bit about just the cup garage in general, man. You've been around the sport pretty much your entire life, but is there some things uh, on top of the box or throughout the, the work week being a cup crew chief that, uh, that you're dealing with that you didn't necessarily expect? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm on the I'm on the show with Corey LaJoy. That's one thing. And <laughs> besides besides that, now the biggest thing in Cup is is all the support. You know, all the different you know a lot amount of people. So, um, you know, the total amount of people at, at Cobbush Motorsports um, was just a little bit over. Um, you know, that's for three teams and a late mall team. You have a couple more people more than I have just working for the 24. So, um, you know, managing about the same amount of people, but they're only working for uh, trying to make the 2-4 go fast. So on top of all the other people that work here, the 600-some teammates that uh, that help try to make it go fast. So uh, managing those people, um, letting them do their job because they're super talented and, and smarter than me. And and the best way I can, I can show my smarts is just to uh, take all that information and try to make sure it's applied right is there is there a thing do you believe in showing your hand too soon because uh and and you this might not be the case but i want to bring it up because hendrick is running so strong right now right at the midpoint of the season and we still got uh i don't know 17 18 weeks left of this thing do you feel like you might be incentivizing or pushing some people to maybe try some stuff to catch up to you guys that might pay benefits for somebody else later in the year yeah, I mean, I think that's the easy thing to say, you know, and, and, and we've all, um, if you do this long enough, you know that, you know, both sides of the circle, you know, it goes full circle and you can be every side of it and you're only on top for so long. So um, when you get there, you're like, yeah, I got to take it and I want the success and I want the, the easy life and the and the uh, the less headaches that, that comes with it, you know. Um, so you just want to push, push, push. And, and then, you know, the other side of it is, you know, that you're, you're just working and you just want to blame and say that, you know, Hey, NASCAR helps out, you know, but, um, it's just, you just have to keep pushing, you know, that's, that's what it's about. And, um, we have to keep finding new things to keep going faster because everybody else is. So there's nobody here sitting around and saying, Hey, we can take the week off. We're, uh, we're good. We keep kicking their butts. Let's, uh, let's get some R and R let's go to the beach and, uh, we'll just show up in, uh, in Nashville and be good, you know? So, um, that's the key to staying on top of it. And, and, and we're going to go through struggles throughout the year. Just hopefully all this hard work and in the process that we've used to get to this level will help us keep on top. Talking about a little R and R, what does a cup crew chief do on this two week break? We got coming at the end of July. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So, uh, my wife, kids, my kids are getting older. Um, I'll, my youngest one is still only seven, but my oldest one's 17. So, um, they all like the outdoors and hiking and stuff. So we're going to, uh, Yellowstone national park. So that's going to be pretty cool. We're going for a week and get to check out some sites and, uh, it's kind of relaxing a little bit of exercise, which, which I need, uh, from all the stress eating and all that kind of stuff you do as a cup crew chief, but, um, also get to take a, take a breath and, and see some, uh, amazing sights of uh, the United States of America. That's right. Now, I want to turn it back to race one more, one more, one more question. Yeah, you've got to focus as much this year as winning a championship. But we have an entire new monster coming into the fold next year with this next gen car. How do you focus on continue to make your? I don't know what we call these things. Gen six cars continue to find little gains of in the aero department or mechanical grip or shock department, 
how do you keep focusing on that, but also making sure you hit the, the ground running with that next-gen car in February running? Yeah, no, thankfully so far this year, you know, we've, we've had, um, you know, the next, our next gen program has got its own team, really. It's, it's kind of like a, like a test team where we have a full set of people that, that um, can build our first car, um, working through the development, going through the things and, and any of those team members could go to the racetrack and the cup garage right now and be, be super competitive and, and have a good job. So they're all really quality people. Um, Chad Canals, you know, being, being home more, has been able to focus on that and make sure it's getting built well. So um, we really haven't been had to had to deal with it a lot yet. So that's helpful. Um, the the process is picking up steam as we go here. So we're starting to hear more about it and in meetings, get more emails about it. Um, we're going to have to go to some of these uh, tests coming up, you know, with our drivers and kind of splitting it up throughout the team. So that's going to, I think that'll go well. That'll be our, it's, it's usually the easiest way to get caught up is that you get thrown into the fire and you got to figure out how to make it, you know, what's actually on the car when you're at a test and, uh, and, and you, you learn really fast that way. So reading a pamphlet or an email or um, arrow numbers, it only does one thing, but when you go to the track and you just got to go, got to go sling stuff, it, uh, it, it makes you learn pretty quick. That's right. Imagine having a guy like Chad Knauss behind the curtain working on your stuff. That's how deep Hendrick Motorsports is. Besides having the best guys currently calling the shots, they've got one of the best of all time just tinkering with the nuts and bolts. He's back there on the lathe just cutting them down to shape some weight. One more question for you, Rudy. Besides the would you rather, so you better buckle up for those. We're going to Nashville Super Speedway this weekend. You have a you have a crew chiefing start there with Michael Annette. What are you expecting when we go there this weekend? Yeah, no, Nashville's tough, you know, and um, it's it's got the speed and the look of a mile and a half, and it's got the corners of a short track, um, and, and it was always tough when we went back in the day, you know, and, and um, you know, you, we would normally race on Easter weekend, and it would be really cold, even Easter weekend, and it was it would be okay, and then we'd go back two months later, um, and this was usually like the first race where we'd split away from cup and you think that, all right, this is going to be, be easy. I don't have all these cup guys that, you know, back then it was 15 and cup guys every week and it's going to be easy. And you go there and it's hot. Like it's going to be this weekend. And it's, it's just really hard to get a hold of the racetrack. You know, it's a, uh, you get, it's a lot like any short track. You get loose in your tight middle, you get tight off. Um, you see lots of guys pancake the wall on exits. It's um, you know, so you know, the, the racing, we have no idea how it's going to be, if we can be too wide or not. But um, what we do know is it's going to be difficult for the drivers. So, uh, you know, saddle up there and, and do your best. Well, I guess that's why they pay us the big bucks. So, we're, I'm going to got a couple. We usually, all of our guests get asked some questions. Most of them are drivers. We ask them, would you rather questions? So, I'm going to tweak them for you. I have none of them written down, none of them prepared, but here we go. Would you rather... Would you rather crew chief a dirt late model and have to live out of a renegade towed her home for six months at a time, uh, or you have to crew chief for the slowest cup car in the garage for free? I'm going late model racing for sure. Okay. Number two, would you rather have to drive to every NASCAR race on the circuit or start every race from the tail like you like you failed tech well, like if you had to start yeah yeah so that that's a I like that one drive to every race including Sonoma drive to Texas everywhere else or forfeit your starting position each each and every week and you know I don't mind driving I've done a lot of that but but, you know, the Sonoma and all that stuff makes you don't get to work on the race car. So, you know, the airplanes make us work on the race car. And I'll have a better car starting at the tail if I, if I fly. So I'll, uh, I'll take the challenge of starting at the tail and, and uh, fancy up the pit strategy and see what happens. Gosh, that's why you're a cup crew chief, man, because you think this stuff through. Okay, last question. Would you rather – so the last question for drivers is always this. If you had to pick one car and one track to race at for the rest of your life, which one is Rudy Fugel wanting to crew chief at and call a race at? It can be any car. And any car. It could be snowball derby. It could be whatever you want. Yeah, I mean, I, I love working working on this Gen 6 Cup car. That's a whole lot of fun. And then, you know, I, I mean, 
other most of the time other than the summer weather at pensacola florida five flight speedway is pretty fun so there there or nashville uh short track at nashville those those would be cool places to race a cup car every weekend that'd be fun i'd, I'd, I'd be in for that i like that gen six cup car high downforce or high high horsepower low downforce at nashville fairgrounds now we're talking yeah i'm, I'm in you know there in pensacola i like both of them very good Rudy Fugel, everybody, thank you for joining Stacking Pennies, and good luck this weekend. I appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks, buddy. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. It's time for some pit road boats and woes. And there was a team that had no woes this weekend because they took home a hundred grand. And it wasn't a two car. I want to talk about it. Well, we're going to talk about it because it's pit road boats. Let's skip it. No, can't skip it. Man, we we were – so the two-car was the last one to pit, right? We were leading. We were the last one to pit. We caught it. Hang on. Explain to me because I didn't watch it. So were there some guys that as soon as they dropped the green came right around? Yeah, which I didn't understand because, like, you want – like, there was guys that were pitting with cars coming around them. You want – you know, for that stop. Like, give your guys a chance. So you had a 20-lap window in a 30-lap segment. Yeah. To pit. Yeah. When did you guys elect to pit? We pitted on lap 19. We, so think about it, like the way that I thought about it. Obviously, you're on the freshest tires, right? Mm-hmm. Now, we pitted on lap 19. The caution come out. We caught it right. for the. What the caution come out for? Uh, someone shipped Ross the boss. Oh, uh, Newman. Yeah. Yeah. Had enough of them. Um, spun him out. So, we were on pit road when the caution came out again. Second week mm-hmm. in a row. Uh, they, and everybody's talking about, like, Man, you guys are so lucky. You guys are so lucky. But we're always, a lot of times we're off sequence when it happens. That's why you get lucky. If everybody mm-hmm. pits at the same time, no one's going to get lucky. Right. Right. You're just going to be in the same boat as everybody else. But yeah, we ran long there. It was kind of the best our car had been, ran long, um, pitted. And it was it was really a really high pressure stop. We were in pit stall 42 down there, the last stall, coming leading, uh, busted off our best stop of the year, 11 5. Um, mm which is spicy. That's a spicy. We as got Jose up. Castillo would say. Yeah, we were shooting guns and <laughs> smacking that thing as left of I think uh Pat broke the the tail. Cuz <laughs> he hit it yeah, so hard. Tail, you smack it. When you watch people especially at night cuz there's clear visors, we have those full face helmets and you can really see it in slow motion. Their raw emotion at that. <laughs> it was it was a fun film All right. review. So the nine car smoked us. Though. You're 11 5. 11 Up three. against what? 11-3 on a nine car. So how much different was the rolling speed? Uh, they nailed it. They nailed their rolling speed. Uh, we, we were a little bit conservative. Um, but, yeah, they, they were the best on everything. So What was their total time? Do you know? I, don't, I don't know that. that I didn't, did not – am not privy to that information yet. Mm. Chuck's working on that, though, right, Chuck? Chuck's getting us dialed in. You betcha. Yep. You here betcha. In the, here, in the next, <laughs> here in the next three weeks. But what was, what was good? The Wadi – from line to line, right? But I'm happy that the guy that the guys that had the fastest pit, you know, the fast they they won the whole thing. So yeah. good, good on them. Um, they're a solid team. You know, those guys have been around a long time. And you know, one thing I was looking at is really all the teams that performed really well during that stop are all working for guys that have won championships. 
uh, the two car, the nine, the four, the one, you know, Kurt, um, the 22, that all the championship what do you think teams, that matters? it just tends to be the guys who have won championships are the guys that the top guys want to work for. They're the guys that are in the best cars at the organization. They get your best people. And, and that's, that's how it's seen. And then the guys that have won championships are always up front. So they're the ones that are, uh, have the most pressure can deal with that situation. I've been in that moment. So that, that's what it seems to me is like, obviously the best pit crew guys want to work for the best drivers. And I was looking at that. How often is through. that a choice though, where if, do you get the pick? Does the, does a tire changer at Hendrick get to pick which car? Not, no, not always, but some guys do. It depends on how good you are. Yeah. Right. It's you, depending on how good you are is the deal you can cut going. And obviously right. the, the company always has a say, but most of the time, the guys who have won a championship are going to be the top guys. Your, in your best company. guys are on your best car. Yep, and your best, your best changers, crew chiefs, they're going to follow. That that's just how it tends to go. And I was just looking at it, it might be, it might just be coincidence, right? Yeah. But the guys who have won championships, the eighteen, the, the those guys are the ones who have really, really great pickers. Now, now there's other teams that have great pickers too. The eleven, the it's not the forty-eight, the five. That the same guys who have fat pit, fast pit crews have good drivers win all the races. Yeah, it's funny how that works. And strong and strong teams, road crews and everything. Mm-hmm. So that's not coincidence. I'm over the five car though. Well, you better get used to it. Nope. Because the sucker ain't going nowhere. Hey, who was we were close? We were close to beating them. You were, but not close enough. But this this weekend, pack the 750 packages. Tires are going to wear out. Mm-hmm. Pits. It could be another a pit. Cr- have you pit ever changed in Nashville? Yeah. Well, changed in the last race there. For who? Robert Richardson Jr. Oh, man, you probably laid some blazes. We didn't. We, stops down. We, we didn't. We didn't win. <laughs> but you didn't. We didn't win. Did you fix any damage? I don't know that we were. I don't know that if we got damage ever, we were really fixing it. It was usually pretty big. But <laughs> I would, dude. I'm thankful for my time there. I, I had fun. Robert was awesome. But uh, but yeah, they the last race there it was actually was that the um, race where Coleman Presley was driving the 88 car. <laughs> Did he race it at Nashville or Memphis? Nashville. Uh, so when he was racing there, it was the old body style. Yeah. So it might have been the year or two before then. Okay. Because I remember watching. He spun out like first lap, lap one out of two, got missed, and then came back and finished fifth. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, I would we so on like in our practice area they have the pit stops from the last race at every race kind of on replay. So mm-hmm. it was like the 2011 Xfinity and. We were watching it, and I was like, man, pit stops were really slow back then. So in 10 years. What evolved? Uh, talent. Really? Yeah. Like, a ton. The guys are more athletic now. They're they, high, high tides. Raise all ships. Yeah. Right? And, and like, you were, you were. Don't be the last dog 14, to the bowl. 14 second stops were fast then. Now you're seeing one less. And that guy. was with let six, one more guy. Six men. Yeah. Now there's five. Now, that was when the the gas man could pull tires and everything. Now you essentially have four guys that change the tires and won the gas. Yeah. So with four guys, with two less guys, really, they're doing stops two two net two seconds faster on average. Now is that a combination of changers being faster or carriers being able to? It's be everybody quick. being smarter as humans, making making uh, you know evolving. And you then, think pit crews have developed their knowledge yeah. over four? Yes. Eight years? Yes. That much different? Well, you just take, you, you get a little faster, you get a little faster, and then you take, okay, well, I can get a little faster here. Well, okay, now now this is showing up. So back then when we didn't really think about exchange time from the time the tire's off, like from the time I hit my fifth nut to the time I hit my first nut, you didn't really think about that. Now it's now it's a huge deal. So What do you is, think pick stops could be if they put a sixth man back in? Oh, uh, I think you could be in the in the tens quite quite frequently pulling tires and the problem the problem becomes when you get to where like and i i was a victim of this quite a bit where you get to gas man and stuff like that pulling tires and is you tend to see people start getting in rushes and making more mistakes but yeah there was and there was a point where 10 second stops were getting to be normal and commonplace Mm, that's scooting is there anything is there anything obscure about Nashville pit road? No. Uh, nice, spacious pit boxes. Um, it's got great room behind. Like, you know how some tracks we go to, 
well, like an indie where there's no room to put your yeah. tire. There's there's great room there. It's a, it's really a a, a top notch facility as far as um, you know being accommodating to to the pit boxes, to pit road, to fans being on pit road. You're not going to feel congested. But I I don't know how many sets of tires we get. I would imagine probably nine. But remember when we went back to Martinsville after COVID the first time mm. you, you went you cycled to the front there on tires where people stayed out. We stayed out. And that concrete grinds the tires. You guys oh, yeah. are going to have practice and they're, they're doing some stuff where the tire dragging and everything, but this is a concrete surface that we haven't raced on. It's going to eat tires. Oh yeah. Like so, Indy back in the day. So just we'll shredding see. them things. It's going to be a pit crew competition and 750 horsepower. Some juice this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. Getting there and competing. Well, don't be second this week. Hey man. Be first. We got to We got to start making some bonuses. Cause if you're not first, you're last. Oh, we, well, hey, you can be second or third or fourth. No, you can't. You're broke. <laughs> and there you have Pit Road Boats and Woes going to Nash Vegas this weekend. All right, guys, we missed a couple weeks of Corey stories, and I miss it, and I know you all miss it too. We're going to go into a real-life Corey stories. Actually, they're all real life, but this one is particularly um, to my life. So every summer... Uh, when we got out of school, we would load up in dad's motorhome. This was when I was between, I don't know, nine and like 14. We'd load up end of May and we'd follow the Bush series schedule. We'd go to St. Louis. We'd go to Watkins Glen. We'd go all over. Well, we made a stop at Nashville Super Speedway. I, th- I think this might've been the first year we've they ever went there. 2001, maybe? So I've been 11, 10. Our, me and my brother's thing was... We would get in our little Razor scooters, and we would make a lap around the track because we got there on like a Wednesday, right? So my brother and I, we jump the fence, we throw our scooters over, and we're making just a couple laps around Nashville. Well, we start getting brave, and we start going down the banking, like kind of like at an angle, right? And you get in like tuck position, and you start – you feel like you're going 9,000 miles an hour. You're really rolling, probably going like 14. Well, we go down in the middle of turn one and two, and it's fairly banked, Nashville is. And we go to the top, and those angles start start tightening up a little bit. Now we're going straight down the banking. So I was the first attempt at a straight-down banking shot on my scooter. Needless to say, it did not go well. So I book it down this thing, and it starts – streaming down the damn banking. Well, I didn't think through the transition between the banking and the apron. And when I hit the, when I hit the apron, my foot hit the back brake and shot me over the handlebars and scraped my face from my forehead to my chin raw. I look like Harvey Dent off, off Batman. I look like two face. So then I'm sitting there on the apron. I got my feet like on the, on the black apron. I got my butt on the, on the actual track. My brother like, like walks down and I'm sitting there like dripping blood. Like, Ooh, this, this hurts. This is not good. So we scoot back. We're the only, I mean, there's nobody at the racetrack. It's just me, Casey and my mom and dad in the bus. So I open the door of the bus and dad's sitting there on the couch flipping through some channels and he's like, Oh shit. <laughs> and he just he calls to the back of the bus, Lease, your kid's face is ripped off. <laughs> so um Always but, the sensitive one. Yeah, dad's got a way for words. So hit mom's great idea for, to heal my face was to put liquid band aid on this face wound. Oh, that burnt. This was not a good idea because it peeled off like, you know, like sunburn after it dried. So, word to the wise, don't go down the banking on a scooter at National Super Speedway. And if you happen to scrub your face off on the banking, don't use liquid Band-Aid. Quick, quick ad for you here. And that is your Corey story. I got to add something to this ad, story. Okay. Keep the scooters away from Levi. Because we were in a, we were in Austin two weeks ago yeah and Corey's old lady wrecked a scooter five minutes into our lime scooting yeah she so did it's, not in have the, a good time. it's running in the family so it's genetic keep the scooters away from the little one the more you know the more you know that Levi is genetically incapable of riding a scooter sorry pal stick the four tires yeah 
Do you know where uh, old Randy LaJoy finished in that race in 2001 at Nashville Super Speedway? Tell me, Chuck. I'm going to guess 11th. Fourth. Fourth. Damn, he was hauling ass that yeah, race. Started 18th and finished fourth. Who won? Actually, Maybe. I might need to ask the old man how to get around there. Seems like he's got some pointers. The first race, the first race winner at Nashville was Gregory Biffle in the number 60 Granger for uh, Man, Irish. that thing was that thing was strong. It was it 2001, right? That was 01. Yeah. That was April 14th of 2001. Yep. And I still, I'm sure I still have uh, some face and some eyebrow attached to the banking in the middle of one and two. Do you know who won the last race at Nashville? Uh, Brad Kozlowski? Nope. Joey Logano? Nope. Kyle Busch? Carl Edwards. Okay. He won both races in 2011 in the Xfinity Series. That was back when Roush was strong. Yeah. But you've got strong cars, uh, got, not strong cars. You've got guys that have won there that are racing there in cup. I know. Kozlowski. Austin Dillon's won a truck race yep. there. A couple guys. It's, it's not often that you line up a cup race with half the field, not being on a racetrack before another half being on it, where yeah. we're going to see that with road America here later in the year. We're going to see that obviously this weekend in Nashville. I haven't seen the track before besides scrubbing my face on it. So I'm interested to drive around there at 185 miles now. You've seen it. You got real up and close. Oh, and I got real up and personal. Yeah. And we'll have to talk about, we'll have to rehash the, the Joey and I story uh, of Darlington when we go back there. I, the one you could, the one everybody asked me about when me and him raced down the damn grandstand stairs. But so then when we'll you save that to a later date. When you talk about Nashville and you look at the guys in the cup series that have the experience there, who are you taking this weekend? Are you sticking with the five who's been on a heater? He's on a damn heater, bro. And if you look at it realistically, he you could argue that he's been in the, the mix to win every race for the last six weeks, seven weeks, starting at Dover. Well, concrete track, 750 package. Same, what happened same at package the last at Dover. One we went to. Kyle you know, Larson. They were top four. Kyle Larson. 48. Oh, literally all four. 24, nine, so that'll be tough. Uh, yes, I would not have been. I would not bet against Kyle Larson whether we're on dirt, gravel, asphalt. Nine thousand horsepower, one horsepower. He's the he's strong right now. So looking at your jackpot races, your best finish group one: Denny Hamlin, Martin Truex, Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson, or William Byron. I think you just got to go with, go with the five there. Go with the five. And yeah. that second group, you got Bowman, Dylan, Tyler Reddick. Sorry, that's group three. I skipped ahead. Second group, you got Harvick. Kyle Busch, Brad Keselowski, Blaney, Joey Logano. Ooh, there's a couple of Penske guys in there. Who are you going with? And a lot of experience. Uh, in this he's going always Bradley. picking the two, but our, he's uh, a homer. You were late today. Our friend Blaney's sitting out here in the hallway, so we'll give throw him a bone. Blaney, we're taking you in a jackpot race. Don't let us down. I think I think Kyle Busch in that group. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let him down. I'm gonna let my glass case. He's you literally can, on the other yeah, side of the you door. Can he have can him. hear me. You he's can, probably gonna punch me in the face. God, your glass case of motion yeah. is gonna be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have an angry driver because yeah. uh, one driver was late for this show. And you we're just, quit on him. We're stacking cases today. Yeah. yeah. Stacking, ca- stacking emotions. Yeah. We're stacking <laughs> emotions on top of each other. <laughs> what's, the, what's the last one? The last group you have got Alex Bowman, Austin Dillon, Tyler Reddick, Christopher Bell, and Kurt Busch. I like Austin Dillon for some reason. I mean, he's won a truck race there. He's got some, uh, got some laps, and I feel like RCR has some sneaky speed occasionally. So... We'll go with those guys. And cars are hot. You stick with them. 48. Hendrick cars are hot right now. Hendrick cars are hot. I'm going to take the eight and Tyler Reddick out of that group. He Let's likes that. Big. I like that. I like the RCR, but I like Reddick. I like what he's been doing. Uh, he did well in the uh, in the open. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's what I think. And he ain't scared. Yeah, he ain't scared. And you know what? Well, you shouldn't be scared to go download Jackpot Races app and go win yourself $25,000. Free money. I mean, you're losing money not doing yeah. it, really. Yeah, yeah. I'd do it if I wouldn't get my hard card taken from me for betting on a sport. Can't do yeah, that. Can't do it. Can't do it. I'm looking forward to seeing that guitar get hoisted in victory lane. You got three chances to win a guitar this weekend if you're a driver in the truck race Friday night, Xfinity mm-hmm. race Saturday, and then cup race on Sunday. And I think they have got a, a special Sam Bass guitar there mm-hmm. to kind of throw back to the original. Um Victory Lane. That's uh, cool. Yeah, trophy. Shout out to Greg. Did Greg Did he paint do it? them? I'm pretty sure Gregory stumped from off-axis. If he didn't paint them, he's getting a credit. Good yeah, job, Greg. Good job, Greg. <laughs> off-axis paint. Chalk one up for the good guys. Yes, sir. 
I'm glad NASCAR is going back to Nashville. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Oh, make sure you check out the documentary, The Return Nashville Super Speedway. It's going to be on YouTube mm. Thursday at 4 p.m. Okay. Um, I was looking at the wrong camera when I said that. I don't know why I'm looking at a camera. It's a podcast. I can't see you. It's audio. Yeah. Nobody can see me. No. <laughs> I'm just here in my hole. But anyway, check it out. Thursday, 4 o'clock on NASCAR's YouTube channel. Uh, it's been a labor of love, of cool stuff. I've been head down in that documentary for the past three, four I'm going to make sure to check it out. Just show you some love. Hell yeah, man. We Get those clicks. We need those clicks. It's all about those clicks. Hey, you guys did that Bad Boys deal together. It was awesome, too. Hey, the Renegade. Did you yes. have something? Did you have some part in that? I helped do some interviews. I did the Jeff Gordon interview. I was down there in Daytona and the Jamie Little one. Okay. Yeah. That's why I wore the shirt today. This famous nice. race car driver shirt. Hey, we're doing a lot of I good got... content here at NASCAR.com oh, yeah. and NASCAR. You're knocking it out, man. Yeah. Well, we appreciate that. I mean, this is the t- this is the top of the totem pole of content for our listeners. Hell yeah, it is. That's yeah. arguable. Yeah. Well. Oh, one last thing, Chuck. I yeah. forgot to I forgot to say it. Uh, another little addition to Corey's stories, not about Nashville scrubbing my face off. So there is one road I take pretty much every day of my commute from my house to the seat shop in Concord. Seventy three. I, s- I saw this on the on the Instagrams or t- Twitters. Yep. So. There is a there's a house about halfway from in between, right? Uh, there is a tattered old Kevin Harvick Budweiser car. It looks like it's about 2013, 2014, first maybe year at Stuart Haas. It's the the edges are all tattered, and I, I just I pass that thing every day. Like man, this guy needs a new flag. Well, I'm gonna bring him my own flag. So I'm tired of seeing that damn Kevin Harvick flag. So I go over there, write him a little note. Drop that flag off. Somebody answers the door. I hand them a note, and I leave. And um, apparently, they had two kids who were at school during the time I dropped it off. They came back, were excited. I left them a, a little note, and I drove by this morning, and that dang thing was f- flapping in the breeze. Bud made nice. me feel good. Nice. Well, maybe it'll bring you some luck here at the track this weekend. I don't know, yeah. but it makes me brings me a little joy on my morning commute every day seeing that. You love, that. You now, if you, do, if you do want to buy a flag, you can go to <laughs> CorelyJoyRacing.com slash merch and purchase your flag or merchandise today. Good for good for them. Good plug. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go give them a two-car flag, see where the leaves fly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not telling you where that house is at. <laughs> I'm going to find it. It's going to be easy to yeah. find. There's only, yeah, there's only one, one seven fl- flag flying <laughs> in, in Charlotte the, right now. In the state of North yeah. Carolina. <laughs> it's like a Where's Waldo. Yeah. There might be an da- old Danica Patrick flag flying somewhere. Danica, know, so. Danica Patrick? Danica Patrick. Did she, she drove the seven back in the day, right? She oh, did. Yeah. 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 I'm trying to give her a little more justice than there she did. Yeah. One little jab out the window. So see you all next week. Bye.